Welcome into Players Only. I'm Drew Steele. Today's show, we have two great interviews for you, both over 10 minutes long, one up to 16 minutes of great content there. First, we have Trevor Koenig. We talk a little bit about his past in basketball and just how nice it is to be as tall as he is and the difficult struggles with that as well. And then, of course, we welcome on later in the show, a big matchup coming up later this week. But, you know, he's the goalie coach at BU right now, but I feel like it was a great opportunity to just talk about his time at SCSU, not even focus on the game this week. So we welcomed on Bobby Geffert onto the show. He was St. Cloud State goalie from 2005 to 2007. And, you know, I was a Husky fan growing up, so it was kind of nice to just sit down and talk to what was probably one of my childhood heroes at the time, and uh, we talk about the seasons back then and all sorts of stuff during that interview. So before we can do anything, though, let's roll that intro. Roberts in transition, the Tomahawk Slam. Ropes one into center field. Back it goes at the wall. It's off the top of the wall. Keating will easily score from second. Estrada digging for two. She will stand up at second. Estrada was a couple feet away from hitting her first home run for the Huskies in this tournament. Their own end is now. You need a new one into the offense zone. Toe drags on one player. Pucks in the slot momentarily, and the Huskies score. This is players only. As it just said in the intro, this is Players Only. I'm Drew Steele. Today's show, we got Koenig and Geffert for you. We'll start off with the Trevor Koenig interview. You know, I sat down with him. We actually had class together freshman year, and believe it or not, back in history of rock and roll class in spring semester. That was a good time. That was actually in the time that I was working security for the Super Bowl, going back and forth between U.S. Bank Stadium and whatnot. And I was working nights, and I'd roll out of bed and walk straight to the 1 o'clock class in uh, Richie Auditorium at Stewart Hall. So let's get into that interview with Trevor. We now welcome onto the show Trevor Kaney. Trevor, how are we doing? I mean, you had a good performance this weekend. I mean, the team couldn't pull it out behind you. I mean, you give up two runs, so I don't know much more you can do on the hill, right? Yeah, it was felt good this weekend. I mean, not the result we wanted uh, record-wise, but learned a lot about the team and what we can do. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, your stats, I mean, so far this season – 8.2, eight, eight and two thirds innings pitch, eight strikeouts. You have the one complete game, of course, this weekend against Augustana, but your whip is actually super low to a 1.15. And obviously, you look at the stats being good, but you see the 0 and 2 record next to your name. I mean, that's just some lucky bounces going ways. And I, I, I've honestly thought you pitched very well this season so far. What's been working for you? Um, I mean, my first relief appearance came in, didn't really have my fastball or my slider, so pretty much just relied on the curveball and I mean, you only got one pitch. Sometimes I'll get you in a little bit of trouble, but this last start against Augie, I mean, I was pretty much exclusively going sliders and fastballs and it worked out really well. Uh, so you started out, obviously you're from St. Cloud. You're from the area. You play at St. Cloud state. Now in the summer you play for the rocks. How'd you end up at St. Cloud state first of all, but what do you like about the region to stick around so much? <laughs> I mean, coming out of high school, I wasn't really that recruited. Uh, this was my only offer, so it was my only decision. But, I mean, I'm loving it here, and I love the city and the support that we get every every game and everything like that. Uh, so you were drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, can you tell us that story behind that? Obviously, 40th round, you decide to come to St. Cloud State anyway. 
But can you tell us a little bit about the story of the Milwaukee Brewers drafting you? Yeah, so I obviously, like, I didn't have many offers coming out of high school, so it was kind of a shock. But them and uh, one other team came out to a couple of my high school games, and they liked what they saw and was in touch a little bit. And then the day of the draft, got a got a text from him and was like, hey, just, just a heads up, we might take you here. And so we're sitting on the bus going down to the state tournament, and all of a sudden my name pops up on the draft tracker, and whole bus erupts. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty cool experience. Yeah, it's got to be sweet. I mean – not only you're drafted, you're also like, what is it? Nine feet tall? Like <laughs> six, you, 11, six yeah, 11. It, it's cl- Oh, six eleven. All right. So is it actually six eleven, or is it the extended to look taller or is it the extended to look shorter? Because seven foot, like, I mean, there is that difference, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. It depends. Every time I go to the doctor, it seems to fluctuate within an inch or so. So anywhere from like six, nine and a half to seven foot, we'll say. Okay. That works. Uh, so is it like how cool does it just feel to be towering over everybody? Uh, I don't know. It's pretty much the only thing I've known, but yeah, it's pretty cool that anywhere you go, like you're just able to see everything. But I mean, ducking through the doorways gets a little old. Oh, I, I guess I didn't even think about that. Like, <laughs> uh, well, and even like I'm what, like six, two, six, three in certain cars, I don't fit height wise. So like, is that a problem with you? Like you have to like get specific cars. Oh, yeah, I drive a, a little Impala, and that's maxing it out on the headspace. But anytime you're in the backseat of a car, it's, I mean, scrouching around and trying to find what yeah. works. And then you, if you if you get out, your, like, neck's kind of messed up, too. Oh, yeah. It takes a little yeah. adjustment period. Can you touch the rim? Obviously, you're a basketball player. Can you touch the rim without jumping? No, not not quite there. Not quite the there? Yeah. You can get the backboard without touching or without yeah. jumping? That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So you So you can dunk then, right? Obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How, how, do you remember the first time you dunked? I think I was a late bloomer with my athleticism. I think it was like freshman or sophomore year was my first, my first okay. dunk. And how cool did, did that feel? Like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty sick. Like everybody else around me, you know, wipe them off, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a couple of teammates that were shorter and were dunking before me. So that was it oh. nice to be able to catch up. Well, yeah, it's not. Well, that's the thing. There was a tall kid in like a super tall guy in our area from Esco right around there. I, I think he went D one or D two for basketball and he, uh, like his freshman year, they had him in the rotation, but you could just tell the athleticism wasn't there, but yeah. that like catches up over time, especially if you keep getting those reps. And especially mm-hmm. like, I remember I watched you pitch in high school once or twice too. I think it might've actually been with uh, when you were with the 76ers, right? You pitched summer league yeah. with them. Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, I watched you pitch there and it was just everything's just diving. It was like mm-hmm. so so different to watch a taller pitcher than a shorter pitcher, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the yeah, angles I mean, just coming so cool in. Yeah, there's a little bit of learning curve with the the height and I mean trying to grow into your body and figure out how to repeat your mechanics and just become become more efficient with your pitches and movements. Oh, uh, do you, so we talked about the positives, I guess. You look at being able to dunk, that's cool. Uh yeah. As a pitcher, though, you give up home runs. And, I mean, in the world of social media, people just love to see people pimp home runs. How much does that irritate you when people, like, flip the bat and go crazy? I don't mind it. I mean, I think I think it's good for the game. I mean, it draws more attention. That's the stuff that people want to see. So, I mean, the way I look at it is if, if I leave a pitch over the plate, you hit it, feel free to pimp it. But, I mean, if I strike you out on a good pitch, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little something to do you remember like the first home run you gave up like in high school or something where like it was just a moonshot and you're like, 
oh crap that feels that like the, obviously you can I've, you 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 can remember your first dunk i, I would assume that's mm-hmm. the same on the other side um i think the first home run i gave up was my freshman year of high school and that was like i think i was throwing a no hitter at the time and it was like a little one that snuck past the foul pole but other than that i i don't think i gave up any other home runs in high school well, I mean, I guess, I guess I was looking at you 10 and 0 right in high school like you were just dominant back then. Yeah. And I yeah. I get I guess that's why you get to a college like St. Cloud State that has such a good baseball program. You get drafted obviously. Like you have those reasons, but you're so basketball and baseball. Did you touch football at all growing up or any fall um, sports? Yeah, I played football like through elementary school and then I quit after 7th grade. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. I, well, because that's the thing with, like, we talk about how tall can be an advantage in basketball mm-hmm. and baseball. In football, like, it's so, like, it's such, like, an odd, like, num- like if you can be six seven and jacked, you're a sick defensive lineman. But anything mm-hmm. over that, that's got to be something weird, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the football coach was also my basketball coach, so he wanted me to, to come out and be, like, a goal line receiver, like a kick block specialist. But, I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, he's I basically guaranteeing you free touchdowns. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But I, I decided to turn that one down. I, I mean, as an offensive lineman in high school, if I would have ever been guaranteed touchdowns, they could have told me I had to run five miles a day. I'm a fat kid, too. I'll say it. <laughs> like, if they would have told me I had to run five miles, too, I would do the five miles just so I could get my touchdowns. I mean, but again, this <laughs> is coming from a kid who can't dunk, who wasn't drafted in the MLB draft. Like, there's mm-hmm. obviously there's a little difference between the two of us. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought about it, but at the end of the day, I was like, is it worth getting maybe hurt and then missing out on basketball or baseball for a couple of touchdowns? And yeah, that's fair. I mean, I just kind of, it's, it's just so weird. Like the world we live in where it seems like everyone thinks football is King, but from different perspectives, it could be different. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. obviously when you're, a three-time letter winner in both. Is that right? Yep. When you're a three-time letter winner in both basketball and baseball, football might be, okay, let's throw that to the side. There might be a future here with the, with, with how I'm playing in those certain sports, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely was. I mean, so you dropped your first three games this season. Let's get back to the team, I guess. You dropped your first okay. three games this season in Kansas. Uh, you've won your last three out of your last five. And there was a little streak where it was four or three out of four too. But overall, how good do you think the vibes are in the team since those first three games? And how much different were the games in Augustana than what seemed to be just a launch pad in Kansas? Yeah. Yeah. We get, we get down to Kansas and we get out there the first day and you look at the flag and it's just howling out straight to left field. And automatically, you know, that it's, it's going to be a hitter's week. So, I mean, you just got to think of keeping the ball down and, we didn't do a very good job of that. We left some balls off, walked too many guys, but our offense and defense showed signs of being really good. And then going into Augie, we were pretty confident that we were going to take one, hopefully win the series. And I mean, the first game we go out there and Osterberg shoves, does his thing. And then second game, Fabian shoves. Then third game, I go out there and do what I did. And I mean, we're, we, we got a lot of confidence going into the, the next part of the season after that. Well, and you have a 10-game homestand coming up after a two two road series, but then a 10-game homestand, mm-hmm. which obviously 
I, one of the last time you pitched at Faber was what, two years ago, at least at this point with COVID last season, not allowing teams to play at home, basically with, it was the spring season. So you're playing in Florida at us bank, but that's going to feel nice. Isn't it to be back on the hill at Faber? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I played there this summer again with the rocks, but I mean, playing, playing with SCSU back at Faber is going to be very nice. Yeah. I guess I didn't think about the rocks, but obviously like your teammates change with the rocks every single year where you're with the same sort of group of guys, especially from last season with Mm -hmm. the Huskies with, the red shirt COVID shirt. I, I, that's the other thing. I'm so confused. Like I'm so out of the loop with how the COVID shirt, red shirt stuff works. So right now you're a, what you're a COVID shirt junior still. Yeah. Fourth year junior, fourth year junior. And that's the thing. Like you're still in your fourth year, like fourth year junior is not like crazy. I think what's Quato. Quato's like six ways in his sixth year. Yeah. Sixth year senior. Like, yeah. And then (laughs) like, it, it's there's there's a world where say he only plays in a certain amount of games like and he has like a bugging hamstring mm-hmm. that he could come back seventh year senior. I mean, who's yeah. saying? Obviously, you want Quaid in the lineup, but what a story that would be. Maybe you get he gets a whole doctorate degree by the time he gets out of here. Exactly. Yeah, I know a couple guys that are like that right now, and it's just nuts. Yeah, I mean that's got to be crazy. Well, Trevor, I appreciate you joining Players Only this podcast year. Obviously. Please. You know, we don't talk a ton about the actual baseball. We, we, you know, I like to get it broad. You know, I like to know the person. Separate you from the stat sheet, Trevor. <laughs> Appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, that was Trevor Koenig on Players Only. Thanks for hopping on. What a nice interview that was with Trevor Koenig. I mean, the guy's been dealing on the hill. You know, maybe the 0-2 record's not the thing he wants to see, but you have to like the stats that he's putting up and the body frame he has right now. I think MLB teams are definitely looking at him once again to get drafted. Of course, drafted back in the 2017 draft in the 40th round by the Milwaukee Brewers. Wouldn't be surprised if you hear his name called. Of course, the rounds are shrunk down a little bit, so maybe that'll cause some concern. Maybe you'll see him back in a St. Cloud State jersey next spring. But, of course, he's got the rest of the season here at St. Cloud State. Speaking about having the rest of the season, rest of the season at BU lies in the hands of St. Cloud State this weekend. That'll be on KVSC if you're listening. I actually sat down with BU's goalie coach, Bobby Geffert, not to talk about the game, you know. There's so much that you can talk about with a guy like Bobby Geffert. I mean, Bobby's in one of my classes right now, so it's kind of nice just to sit there and talk. And, you know, he said that it was probably one of his worst nightmares that he had someone in his class that knew who he was, but, you know, that He's that type of guy that hockey fans around the Granite City have to remember Bobby Gefford. So let's get into that interview right now. Here's Bobby Gefford. All right, we now welcome on. This is this is actually an interview I've been waiting for. We have class together right now, but this is like childhood heroes sort of figures, I guess. You look at the 2006-2007 team. You were also part of the 2005-2006 team that went to the WCHA Final Five Championship game. We welcome on to the show, Bobby Geffert. Bobby, how are we doing today? Drew, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's, I guess let's first talk on that. You're back in school at class at St. Cloud State. I mean, and what, what are the chances of that? The first day of class, I see a Bobby Geffert in the class. It's like, whoa. That was, I was hoping I'm old enough that nobody would remember me, you know? So my nightmare came true when I get the DM from you. I'm like, oh, shit, you know? But uh, no, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun, like, uh, it's something I should have gotten done a long time ago. Like, you know, I uh, left a little early, uh, not finishing my, my, you know, last couple classes. So I've had these two that I've had to get done for a while. And um, for one reason or another, I'd put it off, put it off. And 
it's a perfect time to kind of get it done. So, well, it's the best of both worlds for you too. It's your worst nightmare that it's a, just a student in class, but yet alone, it's a member of the media. That's a student in class too. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, <laughs> uh, so you're from out East, obviously, and you're back out East right now, but how does a guy from out East in New York that went to Providence end up at St. Cloud state? Um, so, uh, initially through my recruiting process, um, I talked to a, a bunch of uh, schools kind of all over. Um, my initial kind of uh, gut and heart said to, you know, hey, go back out east. It's where you're from. And um, I so I ended up in Providence. Um, I didn't I you know, it was great. Like uh, like at Providence was was fun, like a lot of the teammates I really enjoy. But it really wasn't for me. I um kind of acted out some, uh, you know, throughout my two years there, you know, nothing kind of major, your typical skipping class and grades and stuff. And then the final straw was, uh, you know, I got uh, accused of plagiarism on a paper. So I had to transfer schools. Um, so I had to go through that whole process of finding uh, a second home and um, St. Cloud, uh, you know, reached out and asked if, if, uh, if I was interested. I took a visit and, and that was it. Oh, uh, so you played it. You played junior at Cedar Rapids. You also coached there. Was that interesting to go back and coach after playing there so long ago before? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And and that's uh, it was a lot of fun. Like when I look back on Cedar Rapids as a player, like it was uh, some of the best hockey memories and life memories I I had. I went out there as a 17 year old and um, did my last year of high school. Um, you know, played a year after high school and like uh, awesome teams. I loved Coach Carlson and. Um, really enjoyed my time. So, you know, hell, 20 years later, some of those, some of the, the kids I coached uh, were born or not even born when I played there. So it was really bizarre, like in, in my brain, and you'll get this when you get older, like, like, it seems like yesterday. And it's like, you, you put it down on paper. It's like, holy cow, it's that far, far ago. But it's been, uh, it was, it was fun. It was fun seeing a lot of familiar faces, um, you know, from, from back in the day. And, you know, working under Coach Carlson, who I played for, was a ton of fun, and you can learn a lot. The guy's been there for 21, going on 22 years now. So he's been in it, and he is the, the rough rider, so it was a lot of fun. Well, and then you originally, when you were there playing, you said you made the decision to go out east, and now you make the decision again to go back out east. You're the assistant goalie coach. I don't, what's the exact phrasing of it? You're the volunteer goalie coach? Is that how yep. it's phrased? Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm at, uh, at BU. Um, yeah. And this year, you know, obviously with COVID and everything, it was really crazy. Uh, the Rough Riders, uh, they, they're not playing this year. Um, you know, we made a family decision of kind of moving back out East and seeing what opens and, you know, the, the college, uh, the coach job world is just as crazy as the player world. You never know what's going to happen. So, um, when this opportunity came up, you know, it's good for us to catch our breath, but at the same time still work, um, you know, in the, in a high level hockey, uh, in the hockey game and, you know, being at BU, it was actually BU was where I wanted to go initially as a player. Uh, I tried, uh, you know, uh, tried going there my first recruiting trip. Uh, and then my, uh, when I was transferring, I wanted to go there again. So uh, it's funny how it works out. I finally got it 20 years later as the goalie coach, not the goalie. So I was looking at uh, the BU mascot or the BU logo. I love the little cartoon dog on the logo. Like <laughs> it's it just like, Obviously, St. Cloud State has a cartoon dog, too, but I think the Terrier on the logo looks so much cooler than the St. Cloud State one. Yeah, I, yeah it, it's, it definitely has its own personality. Like, I, I remember thinking of it like, 
I think of like the backwards, you know, Boston Red Sox uh, hat kind of, you know, uh, little, uh, you know, mass, you know, mass guy. We'll just put it that way, like sitting at the bar, just kind of chirping, you know, with a little attitude and edge. Yeah. So he's got that. He's got that identity of, uh, you know, Boston, uh, Boston edge and gruff. All right. So let's go back to St. Cloud State. You were actually I was looking at pictures. You actually were in the transition year where they transferred from the St. C logo in the middle to the St. Cloud script across. Which one did you like better? Uh, Personally, the St. Cloud across the chest, in my mind, just like seems like that's like my primetime era of like childhood watching hockey is that where it's red all the way down. It's you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that one, too. Yeah, that one was uh, that one was really cool. I think that was my senior year where they did that. Um, and yeah, it was a different look. It was kind of like a rebrand. Um, and I think like the timing fit too, cause you know, I think it was Bob's second year would have been, um, so it was kind of like a changing of the guard at, you know, like, not that things were stale or anything, you know, I think that the, the, the logo itself was, was cool, but it was just kind of a rebranding. And I think it kind of fit our style of play and the injection of youth we had. And it was a lot of, um, it was cool. Yeah, you talk about the injection of youth. I think you were your senior year was Ryan Lash's freshman year, right? Yep, yep. Did, Lash, he, did, Nodal. did he have the uh, sick lettuce back then? His freshman year, you know, I wouldn't call it sick. I think you know it probably got the surfer boy locks towards the end, but uh, yeah, he always had longer hair that would just kind of you know be out underneath his helmet that would you know kind of show. But you know, Cali boys, they you know they like the look. Yeah, I mean. To me, that that's one of I wrote down about three questions. I had jerseys. Oh, uh, I have jerseys. Which building is your favorite to play in? Like that you played in back in the day, and how sweet was Ryan Lash's hair? Were my three <laughs> questions. <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll transition. What was your favorite building to play in? Play in while in college, and also where does the National Hockey Center rank among those? Um. Well, first, like anytime we played Minnesota. Like nothing beats, you know, uh, you know, National Hockey Center. Like I remember, um, I think it was it must it was my first time playing them. We played them early in the season. Uh, we had two home games in the first game with a Friday night. We beat them three two in the beginning, uh, like the opening festivities. They had like this like red kind of, uh, you know, they gave everybody in attendance like this red thing that like was lights, but like it sprung around and it was like the coolest environment going into. Um, and then at the end, when we beat them, like the student section, uh, I don't know if they took out the batteries or they started throwing the thing, but they literally were throwing it at the, at the Gophers at the end. <laughs> and like to the point where uh, Morris Kurtz, the AD like came out was trying to like calm and temper the expectations. <laughs> that was like my first taste of like how, um, you know, the right, how intense the rivalry was, um, you know, when, uh, you know, after we beat them, I think we lost the second night, but, um, you know, going around town for, you know, post weekend festivities, like you're walking around and people recognize you and they know you, they're high fiving you for beating the Gophers. Um, so any Gopher game against the, you know, at home or uh, just in general was, there was no atmosphere like it. Yeah, uh, most definitely. I mean, I, I was, ta- we were talking a little before the interview, we would always sit as a kid growing up, we, uh, we lived an hour east of, St. Cloud. So we were an hour from the cities, hour from St. Cloud, an hour from Duluth. And my parents were just straight up with me. They're like, all right, we're just going to go to we're Like they wanted to get me involved, in, like watching hockey. I played all the way up too, but they, they wanted to get me involved. 
So they're like, all right, we're just going to go to the cheapest college hockey game. And at the time it was St. Cloud State. And there was there's those two rows behind the goalie at St. Cloud State. And we'd always sit in, I think it's 120 and 121. We'd always sit right behind there. So I, I know exactly the atmosphere you're talking about. And it's almost like I can see it through your eyes, the student section way down there on the left. It's kind of crazy just to think about. Yeah, yeah. No, and those, if, you know, if uh, I, maybe it's just years of, you know, being in that spot like that, those are the best seats in the house. You get the goalies kind of view, you get to see what the goalie sees. Like you see the whole ice, you see the whole game. Like, um, but yeah, no, it's definitely a lot of fun. And I, I always liked, I don't know if I, I don't know if I curbed it towards the end, but like, I, I, you know, all, every hockey player starts as a fan. And, and I remember um, the first time we had fans was in juniors. And like, I remember being a little kid going to Islander games and being so frustrated that like, you know, you'd wave at a player and like, you know, their game face, yeah, or, you know, like they, they see, I just react back. So like I, I did, made it a point in my career to try to engage with the fans, especially young fans. So I hope I did for you. Uh, oh yeah. You, you definitely did. I mean, I think, I think back to my favorite player in your time at St. Cloud state was uh, Andrew Gordon. So Andrew Gordon, and then, I, he actually got me a uh, signed stick at one point. It was actually, it was, you know how they have skate with the Huskies or whatever. So yeah, yeah. we would, we would skate or like we, we would get on the ice or whatever. And my name's obviously drew too. So I think that might've been a little bit of it too, but I don't know. I just liked his game or whatever as a kid. And he was just super nice to me too, back in the day. And I think it even got to the point where we like would be like, I would send letters to the Hershey bears when he was with the Hershey bears and he'd send them back. So like, I don't know. It's just a cool story. And like, I feel like that's just college hockey too. Like you can grow close with the community, especially like St. Cloud. Like maybe you look at like the bigger teams, like North Dakota, Minnesota, where they have just these massive rinks and maybe it's tougher to connect on a level like that. Cause they just have just, I guess a bigger market to deal with. Cause North Dakota, they have absolutely nothing else to do except go to those games and Minnesota, they have 15 other, but I don't know. It's, I, I think that's a cool part about college hockey. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I say that all the time, uh, you know, especially in the coaching, when I was talking to the players, it's um, for me, like having a connection with the city and the town and the fans is really important. Like, um, you know, and I I felt it as a player in Cedar Rapids. I felt it as a player in St. Cloud, um, certain places at the pro level where you really connect, it's you're playing for more, right? Like when, when, when you sense and care that the fans, you know, uh, you know, hurt just as much as you during a loss or they cheer just as loud and celebrate uh, for a win. Like you're representing them, you know, so you're representing the school, you're representing the fan base, you represent the city, you represent all, you know, the, the community. So um, yeah, n- nothing better than college hockey, uh, you know, in that, and especially at St. Cloud because of the kind of small intimate feel and the representation that we have. So. Well, and then you talk about college hockey, I think college hockey rivals, are a big thing. Who who would be your least favorite school? I'm not going to say hated. Hate's a big word, but who's your least favorite school from that time? I know we talked a little bit in class and I was just up in North Dakota, but like that for me, I just absolutely hated the now fighting Hawks at the, but at the time I hated the Sioux. Um, yeah, they, they, they were up there, obviously, you know, like they, they were always a good program. They always, you know, hockey you or whatever, you know, uh, whatever they would say. And, uh, um, but you know, the, like Minnesota was, is the one though, like 
it was just a, a something about, you know, feeling like little brother during then, like the way they kind of carried themselves there. Um, you know, the, I don't know, I don't want to get too much into the, uh, the, those type of feelings, but it was just that kind of sense, you know, especially when, um, you know, being around it as, you know, the, the transfer year I had to sit out, you just saw the Gophers kind of beat up and you saw the hate around campus towards the Gophers and, um, then you play them and you see them on TV all the time and their announcers, the way they talk about them. It's like, you know, it gives you a sense of attitude when you play them. So them for sure. North Dakota is up there. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, th- those would be the two. Uh, oh, here's a question for you. Now that Bob Motzko has obviously moved on to the Gophers, do you still keep in touch with him? And do you, did you like, how much grief do you think he got from like players in your era to say, really the gophers like but like obviously you're supportive of it but how much like grief do you think he got from that oh, he got a ton he got an absolute ton but uh yeah i don't we, we keep in touch and rabs is there we, i play with rabs uh, a couple years and kept in touch over the years the other assistant there ben gordon i played with uh, over in europe for a couple years his wife and my wife are really good friends so um yeah i saw them a lot um the last couple years in the re- recruiting i actually went up there uh spent a day I uh, spent a day with them just kind of seeing the facilities and seeing how they kind of run things. So it's definitely weird. Um, but, you know, that being said, in the nature of the business, you know, the coaching world and hockey world, like changing, you know, lapels and changing, it's not uncommon, but it is weird seeing them. And I know for sure, I still talk to teammates uh, that still hold a grudge and are still kind of upset about the the move, but um, I get it. It's, it's the nature of the business and, um, you know, he'll always have a special place in Husky lore. Oh yeah, for sure. That's, that's what I was thought. I saw, I'm actually kind of friends with his son. He played at cathedral high school and obviously being at St. Cloud state, you're really close to cathedral or whatever. So I'd go to their games, but Big he's Mac. just a good, yeah, Mac. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, so he, when he, when he moved down to Minnetonka and I like would talk to him and he goes like, I, I he's like supportive of his dad and stuff, but obviously he came back to cathedral just to play his senior year with the people he grew up with. And I thought that was really cool that the Moscow's like obviously wanted him to come back and stuff, which I thought was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I, I think I was, I think that was my first year in, in CR a couple of years ago. And like, I, I talked with them. I knew it was hard for him. Cause you know, you have those connections, you know, and I think they won the state tournament that year too. Uh, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. they did. So it's like, you know, you feel bad, but it, it's just crazy too. Like, and again, like I remember Mac, like we used to put Mac in like the laundry bin, like with the towels and like push him around. Now Mac can kick my, my ass. Like it's, <laughs> it's huge. It's like, holy cow, Mac. Yeah, I know. It's that it, it was, a, he had the weirdest thing. Like it was Minnetonka won the state championship the year before he went to Minnetonka and then cathedral won it the year he went back, like the year he was at Minnetonka. So he just got like a kind of bad bounce on both sides, but you know, it was actually kind of cool. He made the Sioux Falls stampede. I think after a while he had to go down to New Mexico in the Nall, but he, uh, he, he was on the team. He, he, I think he made it over a few players because of how much gritty shows. And I think he definitely gets that from his dad's coaching style yeah. to say the least. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, thanks for hopping on the podcast. I think me and you might have a little chat in English class or maybe a little chat right after this to talk a little bit about a certain game coming up. We'll, we'll stay away from that for now, though. But thanks for coming on the pod. Sure. Anytime, Drew. Wow, I mean, that was just a pleasure to interview one of my childhood heroes and also a group mate of mine in our small group in class this semester in English 342 fiction writing this semester with Shannon Olson. That will also do it 
for the episode of Players Only. A huge weekend of St. Cloud State sports ahead. As you're listening to this, I'll actually be on the way out to Albany, New York as we speak. You know, it's a Thursday. It's a beautiful opportunity to get out there a day early, head to the big city in New York City. You know, I have a little bit of a tour lined up up on Friday at a certain sports headquarters in New York City, so that should be exciting as well. But as always, you got to thank Heidi Everett for letting me do this as a class get some credits for this as well but also a huge shout out to Bobby Gefford Trevor Koenig for hopping on the show this week of course shout out to everyone listening as well you know and also a huge shout out to Go Huskies I want to shout him out on the podcast as well and everybody who donated to help get us out to Albany this weekend you know we raised a ton of money and it'll help KBSC Sports not only this weekend but in the future as well so thank you to that and shout out to everyone listening Uh, we'll see you next week this is Players Only